0: Okay, so uh, a few comments as we wrap up chapter 9. This was uh, the miracle of the man born blind. And we see sort of a reversal of roles for pretty much everybody in the fact that the blind man is really the only one who sees things the way they ought to be. Uh, his own parents, uh, the Pharisees, the Jews, they, they are refusing to see the obvious truths about Jesus. Uh, Jesus even says in verse 39, uh, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be blind. And then some of the Pharisees who were uh, with him heard these words, and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. And chapter 10 is really just a continuation, just a run on through that. We are going to see more of uh, Jesus' thoughts through verse uh, 18. And then... In verse 22 to the end of the chapter is another episode several months later, but he's still talking about this metaphor that we're going to discuss today. So, uh, let's go ahead and get started. I've asked Lloyd to uh, read chapter 10 for us. Yes.
1: Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of him, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him, because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those symbols were, which he had been saying to them. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The, sheep, the the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a higher man and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a higher hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep which are not of his fault. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life. So that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my father. A division occurred again among the Jews because of these words. Many of them were saying, He has a demon and it's insane. Why do you listen to them? Others were saying, These are not the sayings of one demon possessed. The demon cannot open the eyes of the blind, can he? At that time, the feast of the dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the port of Solomon. The Jews then gathered around him and were saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus said to them, "I told you, and you did not believe. The Father works that I might do the works that I do in my Father's name. Testify to me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand." My father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I am the Father of one. The Jews picked up stones against to stone. Jesus answered them, I showed you many good works from the Father, for which for which of them for which of them are you stoning? The Jews answered him, For a good work you do not stone, but for blasphemy because you being a man, make yourself out to be God. Jesus answered them, Has it not been written in your law? I said, You are gods. If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, You are blessed me, because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not do the works of my Father, I do not believe me. But if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works, so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father's, in the Father. Therefore they were seeking again to seize him, and he eluded their grasp. And he went away again beyond the Jordan, to the place where John was first baptizing, and he was staying there. Many came to him and were saying, while time perform
0: no sign, yet everything John said about this man is true. Really believed in there. Thank you. Wow, there's a lot to unpack here as Jesus continues his interaction with these Pharisees uh who are uh kicking out Disfellowshipping this formerly blind man, uh, though he had done nothing wrong, but was just attesting to the truth that he had witnessed, uh, and he sets up here this uh, this metaphor, this parable, if you will, uh, about sheep and shepherds, and thieves, and wolves, and hired hands, and there's a lot in there. Uh, let's, let's try and break down at least the first five verses. What, is there anything that stands out to you as to the points that are being made uh, in, this, in this first section? There's only one way, there's only one door, there's only one good shepherd, and there's a lot of uh, counterfeits, there are a lot of fakes, uh, people with different motives, and things of that nature. Okay, good. What else? Yes, What do you mean by that? Okay. Absolutely, that that concept of relationship. I like the word of bond. That there is intimacy there. That he cares for the sheep, and we're going to see what that looks like. Uh, we also see uh, uh, that they they hear his voice and they follow him. That, that wouldn't happen if there wasn't a relationship there. So very good. It
2: that as I am, not I have characteristics of, but I am, he goes on, all of this goes right on to explain to us exactly who he is, and they can choose to believe that or they can choose not to, because he introduces himself as Light and life and the shepherd, all of this from heaven. I am from heaven.
0: It's not. I don't have these characteristics. This is who I am. Do we, do we see Jesus as He truly is, as as God, as Shepherd, as Bread of Life, as all of these things, oh, He
1: also says. That.
0: Absolutely, he and he is he is coming from God through the through the means that God has sent him through. Uh, he is, and uh, we talk about the relationship that he has the authority to to do that like none other. Um, how would you describe the relationship between the sheep and the thieves and robbers? Like 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 what? Why does the why do the sheep act the way they do toward these strangers? Why do the strangers, why do these thieves act the way they do?
3: Well, they understand. That's not what you're looking for. That's not what you're supposed to be. And it's interesting in this story that the Pharisees, one of the main things that they were upset is, people aren't following us anymore like they were. They're following him. Well, that's right <laughs> a So the analogy between them being
0: the thieves and the and Jesus being the shepherd, that's a good point and, and and some application for us. Can we distinguish between the voice of the shepherd and the voice of a stranger? Sometimes we we will have so many voices and influences around us. We need to be. Uh, Discerning sheep that that truly know, that truly have a relationship with our shepherd, such that we can tell that that is the voice of our shepherd, and that over there is not Um, Lloyd and then Tony.
1: If (laughs) you ever look for someone in the crowd, just recognize that voice and appearance. Like calling in the crowd, despite all the noise and such, you recognize that voice.
0: Because you have that relationship and you can you can be listening for
1: that. Uh, you also would put the robbers in charge of security programs because they're gonna let other robbers in. And the fact is that there's a spiritual gatekeeper to these things that they have been trying to take it upon themselves as robbers and themselves to be the gatekeeper like to the synagogue. This is following them kicking that blind man. the the blind man who can see then they're kicking him out because, well, he's not following us because he's not listening to our voice. And so they think that they and they have become the gatekeepers. But Jesus said, No, they're the gatekeeper. And he lets
4: me in, and I'm leaving my sheep out.
0: Yeah, it's. I sort of read chapters seven all the way through. ...halfway through chapter 10... ...as one big ongoing event... ...and we see so many things... uh, ...with the interactions between them... ...and in chapter... ...like... ...seeing this in light of chapter 9... ...where... ...the leaders... ...were not taking care of the sheep... ...they actually kicked out a sheep... ...from the flock... ...and... and ...we see throughout scriptures... ...you can see throughout the Old Testament... ...that... ...God himself... And those whom he had appointed to be the protectors and leaders and providers were referred to as shepherds. And sometimes uh, the prophets call out judgments against the shepherds. And it's not talking about people who take care of sheep, but talking about the leaders, the priests, the people who were supposed to be in charge of their souls. Yeah, Brad.
4: been sent by my father you're trying to do the deeds of your father uh, here you can see the, the, kind of a tie-in to that metaphor that okay uh, the the father has sent the shepherd or the you know the owner of the sheep has hired the shepherd and he's letting him in you guys are trying to sneak in and take out the sheep and the shepherd and um, so I it just kind of reminding me of that metaphor. They're not listening. They're not hearing Jesus. They're not part of his flock. So they must be part of another flock. And who, who is that shepherd? You know, who is that father?
0: And that's a good point. We're going to see again um, in verse 26. Uh, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you, that they do. They're not listening. They don't hear because they have a different father. They have a different shepherd. They have the uh, they are not of Jesus. Very good. Um, let's go ahead and start seeing more of Jesus's exposition, his explanation uh, of this metaphor in verses 7 through uh, 18. We see him identify using the I am expression uh, in a couple of different ways, but he also uh, explains a little bit more about what the thieves are doing. He brings in this idea of wolves and hirelings and things of that nature. Uh, what else do you see in contrast or by definition of some of these, these figures, these characters? Right.
2: Until they got there, so they're still not believing him or understanding him. And, and I get this is as hard as stuff. If Monday morning quarterbacking is easy, but because we can look back and say, Wow, why, why did they not get that? But I don't know that all of us would have got that either. Had he
0: been talking to us here of who he is. Absolutely, the, they don't necessarily hear, they're not quite getting that, and yet, does Jesus change His message? No, He emphasizes, He highlights, and in a, and in a sense He, He doubles down and sometimes makes it even harder for, for that. Again, that concept of sifting through to, to sort of see, uh, the message. Uh, yeah, so he refers to himself as the door. I am the door of the sheep. And th- and as what we see with several of the other uh, I am statements and other times here in the book, we see a, a promise that Jesus uh, gives. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me... He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus is saying that I am the only source for spiritual blessings, that that you can't get into the flock by some other means, uh, that uh, that I am exclusive in that sense. Yeah, right.
4: guys have been preaching and you know, you're, you've know you been acting like the salvation of these people but actually you're a robber and a thief and you've only been trying to kill, steal, and destroy and oppress and you're, you're ready to strike and take away people's livelihood like somebody who was blind from earth and was um, healed like what you want to do is take away their livelihood. That's that's your, your motive here, um, and so you're nothing but a thief and a robber, and you're posing as a shepherd. Uh, is that is that kind of do I have that straight? anybody?
0: Yeah, I I appreciate other people's thoughts on that. Yeah, Jesse. senses leaders of the people and yet they as as you guys are pointing out they had perverted they had twisted it they had made it to be about themselves the role of a shepherd is not about the shepherd and they they said they said in order to be a child of god you need to do things my way you need to and in many senses were a gatekeeper um a couple of things on verse 8 that first expression your translation may uh, render it a little bit differently but the the original text refers to it as all who uh, came uh, before me may be that concept of not just people of the past but the people who are in front of me and it doesn't say they were thieves and robbers they are thieves and robbers so it is in many respects talking and directing their words at the Pharisees you are are thieves and robbers. So, uh, very good. Yeah, Bob. Uh, I, I know we want to point,
3: uh, you know, categorize the Pharisees as thieves and robbers, which Jesus is the good shepherd. But also remember that in all throughout this, what are they accusing Jesus of being a sinner, a blasphemy, uh, not from God? And yet, so here's a comparison. If I were a thief... I wouldn't be doing this thing If I were a robber, you wouldn't know I was robbing you. But here I am teaching, and my sheep are following me. So, this possibly has a double uh, edge to it. Uh, those Pharisees who are wrongly leading, it's condemning him. But it's also an offense that Jesus is the right one.
0: That's that's a good point, that the shepherd acts in the open. He doesn't act subversively uh, in secret, but uh, that is what we see the Pharisees are indeed doing. Um, We see uh, verse 10 as a very powerful uh, verse. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. And we've talked already in previous chapters about the mission of Jesus is life. And he is the source of life. These thieves and robbers are the source of death in many respects. That They have no life in them. Yeah, I appreciate that that uh the what we need. I was reminded of back in chapter 1 uh whenever the two disciples of John the Baptist were uh start following him and Jesus turns around and says, "Who uh, what are you seeking?" And they say, where are you staying? They don't say, I need this, I need this, I need this. They don't know what their needs are, but they know that Jesus is going to be the source of that. And so, uh, very good. I love the grace in verse 10. He said,
2: the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, acting that they may have life. So he is offering the thieves
0: life. That's, that's, that's a good, uh, good interpretation of that. In verses, and finally in verse eleven, he identifies: "I am the good shepherd." What makes him good? He's nice. He's friendly.
4: He's willing to give his life for the
0: sheep. He could not be the good shepherd without laying down his life. He and so he had he lays down uh, his life. Uh, For these for these sheep he calls them and that we looked over this um, In verse 3 he calls his sheep by name By name And they follow him and not only does he lead them to where they need but he makes that sacrifice Uh, whereas anybody else would, would flee whenever they see the danger. And here he, in a sense, he's talking to the thieves and robbers. In a sense, he's talking to the wolves. He's talking to the people who are going to take his life. And uh, poor word of phrase, he's going to lay his life down in front of these wolves. Um, and he says in verse 12, these hirelings, uh, they're going to see these wolves, they're going to flee. The Anybody else would, would not stand up to the call of, of the shepherd. Uh, so, very good. Other thoughts as we're going through here. that's a that's a good point uh one of my one of my thought questions as i was going through this is is applications cuz there's there's sacrifice of a shepherd there's ulterior motives of a of a robber and a thief that, who wants who wants to be a gatekeeper for the kingdom of god who has no right for that and or just a hireling who likes the position but as, as soon as trouble comes they they turn tail and run so, uh, seeing, seeing what the attitude of a shepherd ought to be. Shepherds of the, of the spiritual flock here, shepherds in the home, shepherds in the workplace, those kinds of applications.
2: Oftentimes, when we read this stuff, we think of Jesus. We go, you go straight to the cross in your mind that he laid down his life, he died. But I think he laid down his life. He had a choice over dying or not. But ultimately, he did die.
0: But he gave every day of his life to his sheep. Absolutely. He gave, his, he gave the life of being in heaven to be here and spend every day. I appreciate that. Um, he, he continues on doubling down again in verse 14. I am, the, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by my own. Just who do we know? How do we come to know by hearing that voice? That requires a lot of humility recognizing that we are nothing but sheep we're nothing but members of the flock of the pasture that and our dependence on the shepherd we can 't be some kind of sheep that thinks that we can take care of ourselves on our own. we are dependent on them, and just as just as the blind man was good thoughts. Um, he continues on in verse 16. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, that they, they will hear my voice, and we will have one flock, one shepherd, this un- union of all of God's people, all of God's flock. Uh, we see that through here. And as he continues on uh, and finishes his thoughts through at least this part, once again, we have division. We have uh, some people saying he has a demon. How can anybody? Uh, why do you listen to him? Again, talking about the concept of the voice. Why are you listening to this voice? Well, it's because he is the shepherd. Uh, and the others say uh, these these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of blind? Again, coming back to verse uh, to chapter nine, as it were. Other thoughts before we get to the second half of of the chapter?
4: Yeah, this debate
1: is the very thing that he's addressing here, and also the very thing that he's addressing
5: later is that this, this is exactly
1: how we'll see this division between Machine and Philip, and Robert is by their action here. And it's obvious that they, they hear his voice and they go,
5: well, I mean, he's got to be because God uh, was gonna do this. And then everyone says, uh, you don't believe me, you believe the works.
4: And they're like, okay, we believe the works. So, you know? Yeah, very good. Right. Yeah, and it is uh, you know their their only argument is uh he's demon possessed and raping man. Well that that surely doesn't address any of his works or any of his claims or anything that he's teaching. That just Is a cop-out for why you don't want to leave. Uh, Again, when when you're losing an argument, you result in character assassination. And that's what they're doing. Verse
2: 16, I think, is extremely important because it hits us really hard. He said, and I have other sheep that are not on this fold. I must bring them in also, and they will listen to my voice. So there are people out there with hearts from him that will listen to his voice, and they need to be reached.
0: Yeah, people who were not even of the chosen seed of Abraham. That um, is sort of a double dagger because the Jews thought that they were something special. Uh, So not only is it no longer exclusive... But also the fact that these other sheep, they'll actually listen to me. He's, he's, and so that implies that you guys are not doing that. Yeah. I think he's referring to a later on the Gentiles. Yeah, I, I, I would say that as well, that just all, all believers of, of Jesus, all who put their uh, faith and trust in Jesus. Good. In verse 22, we see uh, a jump in time. Uh, this seems to be about a three-month jump, uh, but he's going to be still talking about the same topic. Uh, it refers to the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem. There's not much detail of that in the Bible because uh, this is what we refer to as as Hanukkah. As um, by historical accounts, this is. Uh, a celebration um, of whenever Judas Maccabeus helped kick out the Seleucids and Antiochus Epiphanes from the temple from from Jerusalem, uh, some about 164, 165 years previous, and so they they celebrated that year after year, and so uh, he finds himself there in Jerusalem, and they they again have this question. Uh, How long will you keep us in doubt? The the suspense is killing us. If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Hasn't Jesus been doing that? He has not necessarily said those exact words. But as we're going to see, his works, which aren't his own works. They're the works that his father gave him to do. Um. His fulfillment of prophecy, uh, the fact that he is speaking truth, that if they just listened to his message, they would be able to understand that he is the good shepherd. Uh, so uh, what we've already talked about a little bit of this already, but what do you see in saying in verses 25 and following, or if you have more thoughts on uh, verses 22 through 24? I told you, and you do not believe the works I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep as I told you. Brad?
4: I was going to say that, I mean, they, it seems like some of these people, maybe these people, picked up stones and stoned him because he was claiming to be God. And yet now they're still asking, are you Messiah? And, and maybe maybe they aren't able to see that the Messiah is God come in flesh. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just, it's interesting to me that they're still not wanting to, they're still wanting him to tell them plainly, even though we feel like they've told them plainly, unless they're expecting something different. And maybe that's, they're expecting him to be doing different things, and so they're, they're waiting for him to Kicking in the ear and do what they think he should be doing. I don't know. Yeah. Dave. This is the question I please.
0: Absolutely, And we, uh, just how they ask the question, how he answers, maybe not directly. We saw that earlier on in the, in the book. We saw that with even John the Baptist, how he answered some of his questions. They don't get the answers that they're looking for because perhaps it's not the right time. If he said, yes, it's the, uh, yes, I am the Christ. Perhaps he would get a premature, uh, uh, death and he and his time had not yet come, um, but they could have come to that conclusion now whether or not they were sincere in wanting to believe and really find out if this was Messiah, so that they could follow him, versus we want you to know uh, we want to know are you the Christ and if they say yes, I am, then oh yep we 're going to kill you uh, so there's there 's some uh, ambiguity there, perhaps, as to the motives as to why they 're that are that. Yes, Mike.
4: I think it's interesting, too, that in the first section before this, um, when he's at this, this feast, he says that he is there to give his sheep life and to give it to them more abundantly. But now he ups it a little bit because he doesn't just say life. He says eternal life um, in verse uh, 28. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. So I think it's interesting. I, I don't get that... I don't know that I recall seeing that in that first section. That that was explained out as eternal life.
0: Something tells me that it was in there at least at one point, but maybe, maybe not. Uh, at least uh, verse ten that they, I give them life; they may have it more abundantly. Perhaps right. it's a different right. way. But yeah. when you
4: say life or eternal life. You know, are you talking about are they understanding that as physical, and now all of a sudden it's going even more. So it just seems to me he, he's upping it a little bit as far as trying to help them with their understanding of what it's all about. I may have missed it, but I didn't. I don't recall the first section talking to him using the term eternal, eternal life, but now he does. So it's, it's
0: yeah. And this, when Jesus talks about salvation. That's not necessarily something he brings up in every single conversation in the book of John. But whenever he does, he does highlight that it is eternal and it's accessible to everyone, uh, which I I can uh, appreciate. Good. Um, As we... As we see, he continues on, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. Again, we've talked about the intimacy, the bond, the relationship that is formed there. I give them eternal life, they'll never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Uh, And then he continues on in verse 29. My father who's given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. Well, if they're not able to snatch them out of my hand or the father's hand, this is pretty well a statement that you come to the conclusion in verse 30. I and the father am one. Which that is what incenses, uh, uh, this response from the Jews again doing the same thing as they as we saw in previous chapters that they pick up stones ready to stone him very good what what else shows yeah.
3: Their conception of Christ was not as the Son of God, as God. And uh, of course, the Jews had a materialistic view of the Messiah, Christ, that he was one to deliver them from the from that oppression, and you know, body. they can't see what the true Christ is and what is about
0: Absolutely. They don't see him as. The shepherd that's referred to throughout throughout the prophets, they don't understand the nature of, of their question. Um, he is that shepherd of Psalm twenty three, Exodus thirty four, Isaiah forty. Some of those passages uh, that we see in the Old Testament of the of God being the shepherd and him appointing his servant David as being the shepherd who would take care of of the sheep very good um, one note uh, the the literal translation of the first question verse 24 how long will you keep us in doubt um, is an idiom they, they had back at the time how long will you take away our life essentially is what the question was uh, which is sort of ironic because that is what is happening they don't have life in them uh, at, at this point and uh, Jesus is trying to make this clear to them that they have no life in them. They are, they, they're not of his flock. They do not believe. <laughs> you can see really a connection between the, the importance of hearing and what hearing really looks like is trusting and following and obeying.
5: He was claiming deity in verse 30 because they knew the Shema. His hero is full God, Father God is one God. He's, that's exactly what he's
0: still at. He's claiming to be God. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate that, uh, That what we see in Deuteronomy 6. Uh, Hero Israel, the Lord your God, uh, the Lord is one. And just, uh, but in a real sense, there is that unity. That, that was the truth. That is the truth. And uh, they did not see it as it truly was. They didn't. Want to accept that.
4: Um, the more that I've been thinking about this and reading uh, this through, uh, it seems that they're they are being tested whether they love their rules more or if they love God more. And they are hung up on the fact that Jesus is, in their mind, breaking a rule. And they love those rules more than they love God because they can't see or hear that Jesus is doing these amazing things that no one but God can do. All they can see is that he, it looks like he's breaking the rule. And so they love, they're being tested and being found out that they love the rules and and traditions uh, that they are trying to follow more than they love God himself.
0: That, yeah, they the idol that was in their hearts of not the true God, the I am, but the laws and then the traditions and the extra rules and regulations that they put uh, on top of that adding to that burden, if you will.
4: And it's following those rules that makes them feel righteous. And they can check that box and they can show and say, hey, look, I follow all the rules, so you should listen to me because um, I, you know, I'm I'm perfect, I'm following all these rules perfectly. I'm enforcing them perfectly. I'm kicking everybody out that's breaking these rules. And this is how you have life. Um, it seems like that's got to be what they were teaching. Only hearing Jesus side of the
0: and and that's a warning for us as well. Do we find ourselves as uh, truly following the voice of the shepherd, or uh, he, uh, hearing rules and regulations and building on them ourselves and taking pride in? Look at what a great rule follower I am. So, yes, wrong
5: Also, those leaders benefited from those rules. The, yeah. The, from the real truth.
0: That's a good point that the leaders uh, benefited from the rules. It wasn't for the benefit of the sheep. And so in verse 33, he says uh, that Jews say, it's not for a good work that we want to stone you. Jesus says, well, which of these good works are you actually wanting to stone me for? He said, and they say, none of them, but for blasphemy, because you being a man, make yourself God. Jesus was a man. Was he making himself God? He wasn't. He was, he is, uh, he is God. He is only doing the will of the Father. He's only doing what he was sent to do. He has no agenda of his own. He has this mission. He's going to fulfill it. Um, Jesus really doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to, uh, the titles, but he does make a reference to one of the Psalms, uh, psalms of scripture he references psalm 82 uh is not written in your law i said you are gods Uh, and then he says well if other men in the scripture had the title god attributed to them and a little bit of the context to that is psalm 82 is a judgment on the leaders of of the people Uh, Because they were appointed by God to act in righteousness and justice, and by extension, they are enacting, they were supposed to enact God's righteousness and justice. But because they weren't, uh, the psalm goes on to say, even though you are God's, appointed by God, uh, you're going to die as mere men because you are not following uh, true justice, true righteousness. But he says, Put all that aside. Look at my works. Listen to my true message. And, and put the pieces together yourself. See what I'm truly doing. Not just the signs. Not just uh, the miracles. But how I'm truly providing. And I'm truly protecting. And the protection can be offered to you as well. But uh, but you're not willing to see that we are one. Bob and Ryan. How many throughout
3: all the stories that we've read have just seen the miracles, the works of Jesus and immediately known He is God. Mm-hmm. You know, plain as day what Jesus is done who else could we? And yet they said, oh we're not doing anything about the works it's just because you're making yourself. Well, Jesus wasn't making Himself God. Most of course, it already was. The works were testifying
0: to that. Purpose. Very true. Yeah, the works testified to that. Right.
5: So, I'm not going to get all this put together. That turns out all together in my life. But so, if you look at the Maccabean revolt, which have been popular, the, the, the rededication of the temple, which came because the Seleucid king had heard that there was an internal revolt in Jerusalem and that was because there were priests that were arguing with each other, and and they didn't know, like, apparently some priests were saying this, and other priests were saying that, and the Jews were confused, and they didn't know where they were going to go. It was enough of of an internal conflict that this king stepped in and said, I'm going to take control of Jerusalem." To the point that he set up a a pagan worship in, in the temple, which included not using sheep, but maybe using other animals in the sacrifice of, a, in the temple. Pigs might have been part of that, and it's not, not clear. The jumped up and bolted and kicked them out. And so now here you are with Jesus talking about eating sheep and laying himself down and, and People be able to know which way is the right way based off of the works that he does, not the things that he says. And then John pulls in, you know, his And you know, like I said, I'm not sure that it all makes sense in my own mind, but it seems like a bigger, you know,
0: narrative. In in a sense, perhaps history repeating itself. That that perhaps there was division years previous and, and uh, the division When the truth is Jesus is the shepherd. Jesus is the temple. Jesus is God among his people. And so, uh, seeing that as well. Very good. Um, once again, in verse 38, if I, uh, if I do the works of my father... Uh, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me again. They try to seize him uh, to stone him to put him to death, but he escapes and verses forty through forty two this book ends jesus 's ministry because he goes to where it all began. He goes to where G- uh, where John the Baptist was doing his ministry, baptizing beyond the Jordan uh, and what we see uh, the people saying is John performed no sign but all the things that John spoke about this man were true and many believed in him. We see people joining Jesus beyond the river. We see something similar happening with King David. He, uh, at one point on the run, crosses the river uh, to escape his son and people are joining him. Um, John's testimony is that this is the Lamb of God, the Son of God who came from heaven, who's from above. And these things that he is saying are true. He had uh, John had more things to say that have not yet come true, that he's going to take the sin, take away the sin of the world. And so we see that John, who we saw back in chapter 1, in chapter 3, he has completed his mission. We saw in chapter 1, verse 7. That he came to testify so that people would believe. And that's where we see here at the end of uh, verse 42. Many believed in him there. Very good. Our goal is to get through all of chapter 11 on Wednesday. So please read that and be, be ready to discuss that. Thank you for your comments.